This is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The art of charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best minds in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise and packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it is free. This is the show that I wish I had a decade ago. This show is about you. We're here to help you become the best you can be in every area of your life. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here, as well as get a ton of free extra content that you can't get on this podcast by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. And if you're new to the show, but you want to know more about what we teach here at the Art of Charm live programs here in Los Angeles, check out the toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where you'll get the fundamentals of body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, dating, attraction, business networking, negotiation, a lot of stuff that people overlook and a lot of stuff that you can really get and use to get an edge on everywhere in life for that matter. We've got our live programs, boot camps running every single week here in Los Angeles, California. Details on those also at The Art of Charm or give us a call here in the office, 888-413-7177 or you can just email me. I'm jordan at theartofcharm.com and I read everything. Looking forward to meeting all you guys here at The Art of Charm. Today we're talking with my friend Steve Sims. He's a luxury concierge, but like no other. I mean, this is the guy that can get you to the space station this is the guy that can get you dinner at a museum. This is the guy that can get your marriage done by the Pope. I mean, it's just crazy. He's going to teach us how to communicate, how to be more persuasive. He's also going to teach us how he communicates in, quote unquote, his dirty marketing and why he's able to stand out in a good way and uh, some stuff that we can apply for ourselves as well, even if we don't have metal sticking out of parts of our face. So enjoy this one with Steve Sims. So tell us who you are, man. I mean, you know, I first called you as a result of a networking connection, and it was just like I was not prepared for the intensity of Steve Sims. <laughs> of the intensity. I mean, tell us who you are, first of all, you know, without the academic BS. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't have any academic well, Good. Um, then we're so on the. They're, on, they're cutting it right to it. Then. Yeah, that's straight. Straight there. I got a. I got a bronze in swimming. I passed my cycle proficiency test, and I was raised as a bricklayer. So that's my academic profile Perfect. in a nutshell You're there. highly qualified for what you do these days, which is? Amazingly qualified to be able to organize you getting married by the Pope, uh, going to the International Space Station, learning to play guitar with your favorite rock star. Uh, basically, anything that you can dream and hopefully afford, I'm the go-to guy. Good. Okay. So... Tell us how you got the job of like, concierge isn't the right word, right? What do you tell people when they ask you what your job is or what you do? Well, funny enough, when people ask me what I do, and my wife hates this, it ranges from plumber to coffee shop owner, petrol pump attendant. I don't tell anybody what I do. And I often get people come back to me later going, oh, I just found out what you did. It's not something that you can rattle off in a second. You tell someone you're a plumber or a baker, there you go. Job's done. Concierge is about as close as it gets to me, but I'm the person that tries to make the magic happen. So when someone comes to me, it's usually, look, I'm a mad fan of Journey, the rock band, or I've always been into fashion. How can I do something at the Paris Fashion Week? Or in the, in the case of the Vatican, 
um, my client was a devout Catholic and said, if I'm going to get married, I'd like to get married at the Vatican. So we made it happen. So I'm not sure how I got into it. I think it was one of those things that just found me and I just happened to be the guy that was good at getting it done. Excellent. All right, man. I mean, this is what you're going to be engraved on your tombstone. He gets it done, right? And it's that's what you're known by. Um, yeah, and, and it is. It's it's a little bit more colorful. Um, a client actually introduced me once and said, this is Steve Sims. He gets shit done. It kind of stuck from there. I, I am the guy that gets it done. I have no BS, uh, and I just do it. And if I can't do it, I'll tell you right from the word go that it's not going to get done. Because if I'm telling you it's not going to get done, then it can't. Perfect. Oh, good. All right. It literally can. If you can't do it, no one can. It's like part of that, uh, the old high school cheers. Got it. All right. Give us some examples of what you've gotten done that, so people get it. Because a lot of people are like, yeah, 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 concierge can do that. Or, uh, you know, I've known people that go into space. You just pay Virgin Galactic and you're going to space and that's not a big deal. I mean, you've gotten people married by the Pope. All right. What else? All right. So I've got a client uh, married this year at the Vatican by the Pope. And one of his friends found out that I was putting it together. So he contacted me and he said that he's going to Florence. He would like me to make Florence a little bit more spectacular. He would like to get into some of the galleries and the private art events that no one else gets into. He'd like to get into the restoration area of the Palazzo de Vecchio. And I said, yes, yeah, certainly. And I got talking to the guy and the guy had, uh, had an ample budget that I could play with. So what we actually did was we took over the Academia, which is the biggest gallery in um, Florence, and it's where Michelangelo's David sits, stands, should I say. Mm -hmm. We actually put a table for six at the base of Michelangelo's David and actually arranged for him to have dinner in the Galleria. So he wanted dinner in an exclusive place. We actually turned this museum into a restaurant just for six people at the base of one of the most iconic statues in the world and in history. And then to top it even further than that, halfway through dinner, I had Andrea Bocelli come in and serenade him. I mean, okay. So <laughs> so I'm going to bait you with some dumb questions. Don't judge me. But <laughs> I, I want to tease this out of you. So if I go to the website of the museum where this uh, takes place, do I just click on the restaurant option or do you have some other <laughs> tricks up your sleeve to getting these kinds of things handled? <laughs> it's one of those things. I've been doing this for 18 years and I don't take no for an answer. And I've got the reputation that while I am certainly no Abercrombie model, <laughs> I do get it done. Wait, and so you just, you're like a Viking, I'm imagining. <laughs> am I close? I haven't seen you in real life. Oh, well, put it this way. I can tell you quite, quite accurately that I am not the guy that you would offer up your black Amex to. <laughs> Except you are. Except I am. I'm the guy. In fact, funny enough, I did, uh, um, I do certain speeches and, and presentations and I did one in Canada with, uh, Jason at the Mastermind Talks. And for the first half of the day, I came on at about 12 o'clock. I can tell you and anyone else listening out there that was out there, I'm calling you on it. No one approached me to speak to me for the first half of the day. They all avoided me like the plague. And then I got up and did my speech. And then they wanted to talk to me. But up until then, I'm, I'm the guy at the end of the bar that you avoid. Yeah. Because you look like somebody from Braveheart. Yeah. Yeah. I make, I make, I make the guys from Braveheart look like Abercrombie models. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I, I'll give you the example of how I got Andrea Bocelli uh, for, the, um, for Florence. 
I actually phoned up the management, which is very easy to do. You know, if you can spend five minutes on the internet, you can find anywhere's, anyone's management or agent or anyone that pretends to be. And so you have to do this. I contacted the agency. I said that I wanted uh, Andrea Bocelli to come and sing. Bear in mind, this was Monday morning, and I wanted him to perform Wednesday evening. So I was literally giving them two and a bit days. And I phoned up. She laughed and then said, we'll get back to you, but don't hold your breath, and hung up on me. Okay? Now, because the week before, I had just finished off the wedding at the Vatican, I thought, in Italy, if I don't have the credibility for something, who do I know that does have the credibility that can make that phone call for me to tell them I'm real? And so I contacted the Vatican. I said, do you know anyone in uh, uh, you know, Andrea's camp? And they said, yes, we do. They made a call. I got a call back saying, did I want 9 o'clock or 9.30? So it was all based on not me, but knowing people that know me that know I'm real. And that's that's basically a good advert for everyone. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because it's part like, wow, this guy's got really good connections, really good strong relationships with the right people. And the other part is Steve's never going to leave us alone if we don't say yes. So just relent open the castle walls because otherwise they're going to bang the dang door down and we don't need that kind of ruckus around here, right? There's got to be, look, there's, I never want to leave any kind of meeting, uh, a meeting, phone call, presentation, this podcast. I never want to leave any part where I'm with another person without it being a win-win. So even when I went to Bocelli, yes, they were making money, but I knew that they had a foundation. So I actually offered at the time, hey, I'd like to help you with your foundation. I know a lot of people that may be interested in getting involved. Now, Bluefish is actually part of the Florence Foundation for Andrea Bocelli uh, and his cancer research. So I always want to make sure that in any environment, it's a win-win for both people on the call. Awesome. First of all, how'd you get into this? I mean, are you just, were you always a hustler when you were young? I mean, tell start from somewhat near the beginning. All right, well, I come from an East London construction family. We never had anything except for, you know, good cheers and chuckles. And I wanted to become a stockbroker in the 80s when even your dog could be a stockbroker. I worked in the London uh, brokerage firm for maybe two years, talked my way into getting a job in Hong Kong. They flew me over there. I started on a Saturday. I was fired on the Tuesday. I then became a doorman on a local nightclub. And that's where it started. I suddenly started to see the changing face of money. And I noticed that while the old money hounds and the trust fund babies out there were kind of like cursing at this new money and how dirty it was, there was more of it coming up because we were in the, the boom of NASDAQ and IT and all these weird and wacky, you know, overnight successes, you know, sure to be failing companies like Apple and Microsoft and Google and Yahoo. So I started working with these people that, over a short period of time, and they say it's a 10-year to be an overnight success, they suddenly had money. And I could speak to people in a no-bullshit, clear-cut manner and say, look, let me help you do this. Let me help you do that. So I started doing some parties and getting people into other parties. And then they were saying to me, hey, do you know anyone in Monaco and Stad and London? And of course, you sit there and you go, yeah, sure I do. And then you go home and basically crack your pants and try to work out how you get it done. Um, and then of course, once you've done it a couple of times, then it becomes easy, your network grows. And again, if you don't know the person, 
three degrees of separation, someone in your bank may well know that person that can help you or may have some advice on it or may be able to lead you in the right direction. 18 years later, I am helping and assisting royalty, billionaires, millionaires, superstars, rock stars, athletes, agents, anyone you can think of. There's usually me or someone like me on that speed dial. Wow. You're right under the cocaine dealer on a lot of these people's phones. <laughs> well, I would love to say that I'm actually slightly above You it. might be above. You might be above. Yeah, because uh, I'm just talking I believe- about frequency of contact. Is oh, what I, I agree yeah. with you. Look, I'm all about addiction. Uh, cocaine's <laughs> okay. just one of them, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm the guy that uh, I've often joked that I sell smiles. So people call me up. Um, I never know what they're going to do. So they phone me up and they say, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to Paris or I've had people that have gone to fashion shows and then they've gone, hey, I, I want that outfit. I want that bag or I want to go to the Chanel after party. or You know, I want to meet so-and-so and they contact me and I make it happen. So I would say that I am their addiction of choice. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is amazing. So without getting into like the detail that people don't need slash don't really want anyway, what goes into turning the museum into a restaurant. I mean, what goes into that? You have to call someone, they have to know you or know somebody that knows you. And then you, I mean, is it like, how much is like bribery and the other part is like favor exchange? I mean, can you give us a case study that doesn't give away trade secret? Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, here's the real thing. There there is no trade secret. You just, for a start, you've got to accept the fact that it's going to happen. And if you phone someone up and you say, look, I'm looking at doing this. I've got other opportunities available to me but yours is the best. Yours is the one I need to make happen. How do I make it happen that it benefits you? Okay. And that's a great position straight off the bat. Now, it doesn't hurt when you say, I've also got Mr. Andrea Bocelli that's involved, and I've also got people that maybe would like to donate to your museum. So, yeah, the almighty dollar works. There can always be, yeah, that's a very expensive case, but there's other cases where, it's not a lot of money, but it's still a win-win. You may have a network that it may be advantageous for the question, for the person you're speaking to, to be marketed to your network. And you say, look, if I help you, I could introduce you to someone that could maybe help you. And so again, make sure something's in there for them. It always helps to walk in with credibility. So in, in this situation, we've been introduced by someone that you know is credible and they've introduced you to me. I wonder if you met me on the street once you get a look at my picture, if you would point to me as you were you know, driving your Rolls Royce down the road and going, that guy over there, I bet he does that. I doubt it very much when you see a picture. Yeah. Without giving the trade secrets away, for a start, when you phone up, be convinced it's going to happen. That's, that's the first thing. You phone up with paramount confidence that this is going to happen. How do I do it? And you ask them to position it. Yes. Back to the show. Because here's the thing. You're not just calling, like, the reception desk at the Louvre. I know that's not where he is, whatever. I'm much, very much into art. Yeah. You've got to go. It's it's like hacking a computer, right? You don't, like, go to the website and go, all right, what do I click on to get everyone's credit card information? Like, you're going in through the side, down through the basement dungeon that no one knew existed, through the caverns. I mean, you have these <laughs> these connections with people where it's like, hey, remember that favor I did for you and your friend, blah, blah, blah. Do you know someone at this? Yeah, I know the chairman of the board of that museum. 
he's you know so and so's friend of brothers in law. You get in touch with that guy through that way, and you say, "Listen, I'll make a donation to your charity of X dollars, but what I need is this weird restaurant setup. Can you push this through on your end?" I mean, am I close here at all, or uh, no? The the first thing to to dispel is I've never ever 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 nor will ask for a favor. Favors have this horrible habit of getting more expensive as the time goes by. That's a good point. So I'm always a case of how can I make you happy at the end of this project or during this project? I'm always keen to make sure you're happy. If you go, well, you know, and we have it. We have people going, I'll look after you, Steve. You know, you sort me out later on. No, because quite simply, Jordan, down the line, I may get run over by a bus. I may forget you, you know, so let's make sure you're happy from every step of the way. What can I do today to make you happy? That may be at the end of the event, sending you and your family to a nice hotel for the weekend. It doesn't have to be an exchange of money. In fact, I urge anyone out there, if you can pay by experience, the return on that is far stronger than just dropping an envelope with cash in it. I love this. And we talk about this a lot on the show about how money is actually less, if if money was invented because barter became impossible over space and time. But it became lazy. People became lazy because there's a certain amount of thought in it that makes it good. I had a hotelier in um, Rome that was doing a lot of work with me during this Vatican, and there were certain uh, restaurants that he was keeping open for me, and he was going beyond what was necessary for him as the head of a hotel. I found out that he was a mad fan of Maroon 5. I contacted some people I knew in Hollywood. I got a guitar signed by Maroon 5 sent to him. Now, it didn't cost me a lot of money, but I did pay, and I made a small donation to Maroon 5's charity, so they were happy. It concluded the transaction on that end. This guy, he was already getting paid because we'd taken over half of the hotel in any case, but he now has this guitar. Every time he goes home and he goes to his home office, There's that signed guitar on autograph CDs up against the wall. The return on that, he won't forget that, yet he would have forgotten a pile of cash in his pocket. Perfect. Yeah, you you know what? You're right. He would have spent that cash. He would have forgotten how much you'd paid him, and he would have felt guilty about it. Yeah, he'd have paid the kids school fees, paid the mortgage for the month. The following month, it was like, well, you've got to do it again. You're done. But no, the return on investment of any experience given to someone is so much greater than cash. So since you're bartering in, well, for lack of a better word, bartering in the experience realm, you giving somebody this restaurant experience at this museum is possibly paid for with experiences for one or more of the people who are the gatekeeper to that type of experience. Am I? Yeah, there was, okay. there was a couple of things in it. Um, I made sure that we had some access to our charities um, so we, we looked after them in that, uh, in that format. So there was obviously some cash transactions on that side. There was some people that seemed to really enjoy. And this is, this is one of the key points. If you're passionate about what you're doing, people get addicted to that passion. They love listening and hearing that passion in someone's voice. If you can get them captured into what you're trying to do, they will ride that train with you. And they will bash down some of those walls that you don't need to. And there were a couple of assistants within certain areas within Florence that I needed access to. That some of the gatekeepers were like, no, 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 we don't do that. You know, we can't be bought. I'm not trying to buy you. I'm trying to make you happy. I know that there's a middle ground here 
where it works for you to allow me to do this for my clients. And so it's all about the positioning. Some of the people got behind it. They got some trips. In fact, funny enough, the hotelier that I worked with in Rome, I sent some of the people from Florence up to his hotel, put them in one of the big suites. So he's got more trade in his hotel. It's good for him. It's good for the people in Florence. It's damn good for me. That is good. That's good all around. Can I ask you how much something like that experience would cost? Because people are going, was that $500,000? Was it $100,000? Was it $10,000? Like, no, of course, there's no price tag. There was a lot more to that experience. I'm sure. Believe it or not, it was actually only a three-day experience, but it, it commenced by the fact that they were fashionistas, so we actually managed to get the Furugamo family to leave their home. So they actually spent the three days in Furugamo's Tuscan home, which was just incredible. But uh, they liked the idea of it. They liked the fact that they had these fans in their house. We were talking around about half a million bucks. Okay, that's a lot. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of money. And, and that's, that's kind of my, I won't say downfall. I'm very well known for doing the big stuff. But you can put just the same amount of design, creativity, lust, and passion into something 10 or 15 grand for a Valentine's, for a birthday, for a job celebration. It's the creativity and passion behind it that makes the event and experience really worthwhile and memorable. Yeah, perfect. You mentioned a lot like phoning people up, right? But like, what what exactly? <laughs> what was that? That was the worst English accent you've ever <laughs> friggin' heard, I'm sure. There was no okay. talent behind that. Yeah. But now you, you've got this well-oiled luxury, luxury concierge empire, right? Basically, right. if I'm to be dramatic. How do you communicate not only with your baller clients, but also with the people you're trying to finesse it. My guess is that because a lot of people are thinking, listen to this guy is going to be persuasive and have a silver tongue. You're a very authentic guy that comes across probably the same way to everybody, I would imagine. And that's what they appreciate. Am I right? Look, I'm not an onion. I'm one guy <laughs> and that's it. You know, I'm not the smartest guy. I've got clients that actually respond to my emails with a spell check and they actually grade me out of my grammar for the email that I just sent them. I am the man I am, and I do what I do. And if you like it, great, get on board. If you don't, I'm sure there's someone else out there that'll do stuff for you similar, but just not as good as I do it. I think the key is to be transparent, to be obvious, to be authentic, which is becoming an overused word, and just get people to see that you really want something. Don't be coy. Don't be shy. Don't try and play some kind of poker face. Go forward with your heart open and say, I really would like this to happen. And this doesn't have to be six people eating dinner at Michelangelo's David. It could be getting six great tickets to a ball game, but then contacting the, uh, the stadium a month in advance and finding out if it's possible to get a signed baseball. And then when you give the tickets to your client, vendor, partner, friend, to say thank you for something they've done. They've got the tickets, and then on top of that, they've got a signed ball or a signed jersey or a signed cap. These stadiums have lockers full of that shit, and it's just sitting there waiting for you to open your heart and say, please, 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 can I get one of those for a 12-year-old boy that absolutely loves it, for my best mate who's a mad fan of the team? Something like that. They want to encourage that addiction 
to that team. So they're very open to it. And that's not very costly other than energy, passion, and just being truthful. Wow. Excellent. And so where do we start? If we're listening to the show, you know, how do we communicate for like max return on that investment? Well, for start, um, we've all got these smartphones to do things like texting, email. They do everything. But the one thing we very rarely use them for is actually phoning people. So the two things that I do, what are three things? I phone people because uh, more is communicated through a tone, through energy than through what we're actually saying. The second thing I do is I write letters. Again, my spelling is crap. It's probably worse than my accent. I'm sure a lot of these listeners can't understand what I'm saying, and you're going to have to put subtitles on it. But Yeah, we can do that. Just on the accent you tried, I think. Yeah, I think mine was le- even worse. But I do write letters, and here's the imperative thing. Hand write the envelope. Okay, even if you're going to type the letter, hand write the envelope. It comes across the simple fact that you put time into writing that letter for that person. Write them a letter. Don't make it long. Put a little card in there saying, Jordan, we haven't connected for over a month. That's too long. Can I give you a call next week? And just give them the chance to come back to you. All we ever want is a reason to reach out and speak to our clients. Another really cool thing, and I use my iPhone for this all the time, if someone sends me an email with a bunch of questions, I will actually reverse the phone and I will video my answers. Jordan, I got your email and you actually had these five questions on there. Well, I want to run through with them, uh, the answers on these, Jordan. Okay, number one, and I'll, I'll speak through it because again, the person can get caught in the way you're saying it, the tone you're saying it. Do you know what you're talking about? Do you have strength of confidence? You're really thinking about them or just trying to pay the mortgage and keeping the lights on. The video, the phone, and the writing of the letters are much more powerful. And let's be honest, if you've got an email to type someone and you pick up your iPhone, you video the answer, and you just send it from your iPhone, are you telling me that's taking longer than replying to an email? Yeah, that's a good point. But then they've got your pretty face, and they've got your energy, they've got your quirks. And let's be honest, if that clients, followers, friends of you, it's because of one simple thing, they like you. So now they're getting all of you on a little video. Excellent. All right. Okay. So basically communicating by more than just one means if possible, like more than just impersonal emails, more than just texting, but taking advantage of like, I don't want to dramatize it or look at, read into it too much, but you're taking over a lot of their sensory input, right? So if they see you, they get a really good feel for your personality. Yeah. And they get that through the three uh, mediums I just told you about. If I send someone 10, e- 10 emails, I'll make sure that the next few emails after that are you know, a video, a voice audio, or I make a phone call, or I drop a letter. Just change it up. You know, like when you're weightlifting, you change up some of the weight so you don't, your body and your muscles don't get tired to the right, same the thing. Right, the confusion, muscle confusion. Bingo, you're using, you're co- bingo. E- communication confusion. Usually two things you don't put together for good effect, but I understand what you're doing, where you're yes. going with this. So for you, you know, I may phone you up one day and we chat. Then all of a sudden, the following week, I would have answered what you asked me by a handwritten letter. And there'd be a little note in there saying, the answer's 12, Jordan. Have a good time. And it'll come like, oh, no, that's cool. And then the next time, you may get a little video from me. Now, when you're doing these types of things, how are you figuring out how you can make other people happy? Because we sort of glossed over that. But I think that's what's going to be the most common question when people are going, yeah, yeah, make them happy. And they're like, wait a minute, if I knew how to do that, I wouldn't be here right now, you know? There's people looking for ways to improve their lives, to communicate better, to network with people who can help them in business. And 
figuring out what's going to make that person happy. I mean, how do you start that research process? You mentioned you knew that the one guy loved Maroon 5. Where did that come from? How'd you figure that out? All right. This I'm not quite sure I can get into because it is actually quite scientific and it's something I've spent 18 years, but I will try and share it with you. So try and keep up with this. We'll see. Ask them. Got it. All right. It's really deep, isn't it? So all I did was I looked on Facebook to see if I could find the manager and found out down there that in his likes was Maroon 5. So I knew one of the receptionists to work with him a bit and I said, Oh, I was just looking at your boss's uh, Facebook the other day and I saw he liked Maroon 5. And she went, oh, yeah, he loves Maroon 5. Bingo. There's my answer. Okay. Now, when I'm dealing with a client, that's, that's the important thing. When I'm dealing with a client and they apply to do something with me and they send me an email, I never answer that email. I respond and say, thank you for reaching out. When's a good time to talk? And I will get them on the phone, sort the email. They've given me a statement, a challenge, but I don't know anything. They've just written me an email. I need to know them. So that's when I get on the phone and say, Jordan, thanks for reaching out. A couple of questions. Why did you do that? And what do you want us to do? And then what's the end goal? And how come you did this? And what do you need to get out of this event that's really going to make you cheery? What's going to happen that's going to make you lose sleep leading up to it and not allow you to stop talking about it for years to come? What needs to happen for you to be engaged in both of those? All right, back to Steve's crazy antics. Interesting. So you don't want the communication they give you. You want the communication that you take from them. Do you know what I've always found funny is that if I ask you to, to tell me what your wildest dream is uh, and we'll make it happen, you may dilute it. And it's funny how people actually do sell themselves short. We had a client that contacted us who wanted to meet Journey. Now, this was a really cool story. He was actually um, at college. He was in a Journey cover band. And now he's no longer in college. He's a very successful businessman. And he wanted to finish off that cycle of his life by actually meeting Journey, the band that he had replicated at college. So that was his goal, meet them. So again, reached out to him. So what do you want to do? Oh, I had this, and yeah, I'd like to hang with the guys. And so you don't want to just walk up and shake their hand or get a selfie. You want to kind of like spend some quality time and be able to go home and know a little bit more about these guys and have them look at you in your eyes and converse with you and actually be engaged. It went from an idea of meeting them at a concert. We actually took it as far as we could. He actually sang live on stage in San Diego four tunes as the shortest-term lead singer of Journey. And he performed on stage with him. I mean, that's the highlight of this man's life. Yeah, it is. Well, it was. It was just a case of, if we had responded from his first email, I'd have gotten four backstage passes, and that would have been it. He would have gone backstage, stood in line, done a, a handshake, got a selfie. They wouldn't know who he was. And he'd have a little picture to flash around on Facebook, and that would be it. But we took it as far as his passion and budget would allow, which, let's be honest, is about as far as you could have gone. Uh, yeah, sure. We want to speak to the people. We want to get inside your head, and we want to kind of find out what's going to get you excited. And nine times out of ten, people are very self-satisfied with looking at something on TV and going, oh, that could never be me. Why the hell not? Why could you not walk the red carpet? Why could you not be sitting front row at a Paris Fashion Week 
Why could you not be getting a guitar lesson by Sting? Why could you not be doing a pickup match with Kobe Bryant on the Lakers? Why could you not be doing that? Because I'm broke. That's just a product. And I agree with you. Yeah. That's an excuse. That's a reason. But it doesn't stop those being a goal and a means to an end. So get the money together because you now know that you can achieve that goal. Money plays a bigger, big role in most of these big, big, big numbers. But as I said to you before, getting a signed baseball to make that baseball game a little bit more memorable, that just takes a phone call and a bit of confidence and passion. Yeah, perfect. Oh, I love it. I love that. And you th- obviously, you grew up thinking outside the box in a lot of ways, but we're, that's what we're teaching other people to learn how to do here on the show as well. Well, I grew up as an Irish lad being told, quite simply, that was how the other half lived, son, and you know, you don't do that. And as an Irish boy, I kind of like sat there going, why not? Why, why can't I walk into that shop? Why can't I do that? And sadly, I had a, I had a, a family that said, no, 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 that's, that's not us. You know, we're, we're this end of town. Those people live that end of town. And I could never work out why. And I think that eternal quizzical Irish lad has got me to where I am now to the point where I will quite happily have the Pope on speed dial. Or more importantly, they will answer my call. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, you and I had talked earlier, and you'd said, I, I want to teach you guys how to market ugly. What does that mean? Because not everyone listening is an entrepreneur. Is this something we can apply? I mean, what does that mean, market ugly? You get these pre- people stand up on the stage, and they talk to you about how building up SEO into their website and getting likes, and you've got to check your grammar, and you've got to get high-resolution pictures up, and you've got to... Those things are so distilled and so replicated by every other person in the planet that you gloss over them. It's like when you look through a glossy magazine like Vogue and you, you just flick through the pages of these perfect people. You don't even stop to look at them. Now, ugly marketing is real marketing. Hand write the letter. Make the phone call. Don't worry about your spelling. Don't worry about there being a full stop after everything. In fact, one of the things that I do with a lot of my clients is we all get magazines and we're uh, a lot of us out there and myself, we're in a relationship. My wife goes to the hairdressers and she looks through the magazines and she'll bring back a magazine or she'll pick up a couple of magazines at the end of the week and she'll flick through them. And if there's a beautiful picture of the Amalfi coastline or there's a advert in there for a new suitcase or a new car coming out or a pretty watch or someone got married at this cool location, I will tear that page out, get my faithful Sharpie, which I have probably about five of them I'm sitting my hand on now, different colors. I'll get a Sharpie out and I'll write on it, Jordan, I knew you wanted to get to Italy. Has this made you think you want to do it quicker? And I will just fold up that picture of Amalfi that I tore out of the magazine, shove it in a handwritten envelope and send it to you. It's rough edged. It's not been pressed, so it's slightly puffy envelope, and it's a handwritten envelope with a self-stuck stamp on it, slightly skew-if. And you will get that, and it's so imperfect, that'll be the first envelope you open. Of course, yeah. It looks like something that's actually from somebody that you know. Bingo. Bingo. I go down to the uh, post office, and God, I must send out hundreds of letters and magazines and packages a month, and I go down there. And they tried selling me these stamp machines where it will just scan it and put a, a white label on it. 
and I can get a stamp at home where I could just stamp the corner. Ah, get me a box or a roll of the stamps, please, and I will stick them on there because there's nothing prettier than getting a package with four or five stamps stuck on the right-hand corner. You know it's been done real. Yeah, and it's got your real, authentic DNA on it in case they want to clone you for later use. Real, And, of course, we see these photoshops now of these absolutely beautiful people, and then they get photoshopped to make them slimmer, more muscly, taller, lean, all this kind of stuff, and we don't believe it now. We watch this kind of thing and we go, nah, yeah, she's not really that tall. We just completely disregard it. We have a filter where we can actually see when something's not real. And so if you can actually step back, and I said this to you before, your followers, your friends, the people that you phone, they have one thing in common. They like you. They don't like the pretty little princess that you're trying to be with your company. They don't like you trying to be too perfect because they know when you get drunk, you fall on your face. That's why they love you. They want the real person. And that's what I give them. When I do my speeches and presentations, I try to get people to realize that the perfection is in the imperfection. That is, that's actually really good, of course, for authenticity, you know, showing people who you really are. That builds trust, and it shows people that you're not just a, a glossy front. But it's also showing that you're crazy enough to be the kind of person who can probably do what they need done, which I think is highly effective. I mean, when you're writing the letters, what's the thought process behind that? Because I think most people, when they write letters, if they do write letters ever, they're kind of like superficial almost. They're overly professional in some way. They don't really sound authentic or real. And it might as well be printed and mailed. Yeah, what you, okay, here's, here's the first thing you got to do. Anyone that flies or anyone that's got any time where they're kind of stuck between meetings, at seminars, things like this, take a bunch of envelopes. And here, here's my little tip of the day. Anyone that travels, and I'm not talking about Florence, Rome, you know, Pakistan, all these places all over the world. I'm on about Boston, Philadelphia, Texas, Miami. And I live in Los Angeles, okay? Two days ago, I drove down Sunset Boulevard, pulled into the Andaz, walked in there, and I took out 20 envelopes from the hotel. A hotel will give you envelopes because it's free advertising for them, okay? So walk in, get a bunch of envelopes, and those are the envelopes you use because, again, not only is it handwritten, it's got stamps on it, it's got Los Angeles, Boston, Philadelphia. It's confusing. You know, and I can say, I was in the end as I was doing some work, I thought of you, I grabbed a couple of envelopes to send you this note. It's a talking point. But again, when you're reaching out to your people, there's only one reason you're reaching out to them, to communicate, to stay in touch, to show you care, and to keep you on that radar. This can be a friend, relation. I do it with everyone. I do it with my dad. I'll send him a letter and say, I haven't spoken to you for ages. That's my fault. I'm giving you this letter to tell you I'm still thinking of you and I love you. That's it. It's not a big, big letter. It's not drawn out on 15 paragraphs with a, with a start, middle, and end. It's three lines, and you just keep it short, sharp, and simple. I went to one hotel, and this was really cool. In the hotel, they had the usual room service, okay? And then... In that room service thing, they also had the hotel's cocktail menus. But then on the back of the cocktail menu, it actually showed you how to make one of their signature cocktails. So I went down to the reception. I said, I had this in my room, and I really like that. I'd like to take a few home. And they said, certainly, how many would you like to take home? 
I said 500. <laughs> Let me check the closet. Well, you can imagine realistically what the first answer was. Oh, no, sir. You know, we don't have uh, many of them. No, no, we'll go. I said, can I speak to a manager or, or the, the head of the desk? Can I speak to them for just a second, please? So the guy comes over and I said, all right, I was so impressed with this. I want to send this to 500 of my top people worldwide. And it's got your hotel written all over it. And before you say anything, I need 500 matching envelopes to put these in. Now, he's just got advertising the 500 power players. I got yeah. the envelopes. They actually had to print the, uh, the um, uh, menus because they'd run out of them. But they printed them because it's free advertising to them. If you go in with a win-win and confidence that it's going to happen, you'd be surprised how many times you're right. If you go in there with the idea it's going to fail, you're right before you got there. Yeah, of course, because you need to be able to sort of assume that they're going to go with it. It's all that, that nonverbal communication and verbal communication, for that matter, that they read subconsciously that says, it's basically like, what do the hypnosis people call it? Like frame control, right? Like you're, right, yes. you, they've sold you or you've sold them, and it happens right when you open your mouth. Yeah, and it happens before you've even approached them. You've got to yeah. go in there knowing that this is going to happen, and it's not going to happen if it benefits just you. Brilliant. So if you can walk in there giving them a reason to, to do what you want because it benefits them as much as it, as it benefits you, it's a win-win. And in this situation, I took the envelopes, and I was on a plane. So what I did was when I was on the plane and I had five hours downtime from New York to Los Angeles, I went through my envelopes. I, I got my Sharpie out. And I said on there, hey, Jordan, I know you like a, a cool drink. Found this one, thought of you. All the best, Steve. Fold it up, stick it in the envelope. Of course, I get out of the other end, give it to one of my team, and we sit there and stick all the, st the stamps on it and then post it out. Perfect. Oh, brilliant. I love that. And so for a guy who's listening to the show or a girl who's listening to the show, maybe we've got a regular day job. I mean, how can we sort of put some of these skills into play for ourselves, looking at things that are win-win versus what's in it for me. I mean, is that is that the big takeaway for somebody who's not in the concierge business, or do you have something else? I just happen to be in the concierge business, and I don't know how the hell I am, but it's the title I've been given. I just want a win-win on all things. I don't like a boring life, so this job gives me a non-boring life. It gives me interest in people. It gives me interest in challenges. So that's how I've ended up in that. For the people out there that have clients, friends, vendors, business partners, it's still the same mentality. Show them that you're different to the plastic Barbie doll that's next to them. Show them that you're different to every other person that does business with them. Just sending someone a letter with maybe a chocolate or maybe a, a rose to the receptionist saying, hey, thanks for getting my package to my client faster. Really appreciate it. You'll be surprised the next time you need something to get up there, it gets there quicker. My printer, there's a wonderful lady in there, and every now and then I pick up my stuff and I take in a box of chocolates. Okay, thanks for getting these. Brilliant job. And give it to the girl that processed the order. Don't give it to the manager. Don't give it to the delivery boy. Give it to the person that processed the order. Couple of times I phoned up going, hey, I need to get some envelopes or I need to get some cards. But I really have like about 48 hours. I've been given this opportunity. What's the turnaround? Do you think that's possible? You'd be amazed at how many times they've turned around. They've gone, we'll, we'll, we'll push you to the front. Don't worry, Steve. And it gets done. 
Perfect. Unbelievable. So is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to deliver to the people listening? Lovely, lovely. I, I, I want more people to, to be them. I'm actually trying a revolution to get people to be proud to be ugly, do things the real way. Don't look at mistakes as weaknesses. Just look, look at them as your signature, your thumbprint. I was asked a while ago by, by a gentleman called Jim Quick um, if I was going to leave some, some, impart some wisdom, what would, be, what would be my three lines of wisdom? And it's keep your word, keep your word, and keep your word. So that's it. Thanks so much, Steve. Excellent. We'll be linking up, of course, to Bluefish in the show notes so that people can spend their life savings. Or if you're a baller, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. If you want to get some shit done, Steve's the guy to do it. We're going to have that linked up in the show notes as well. Thanks so much, man. And you've got your charity as well. You want to drop a little blurb about that? Because we didn't really talk about it. Blue Cause is, uh, again, another revolution for me. There's a lot of companies out there that sell stuff for charities with these experiences attached, but they retain anywhere up to 50% of the profits. I've been working with people like Stella McCartney, Brad Pitt, Mikhail Gorbachev, which was cool as hell, and we don't take any of the money. So we promote it to our people. You haven't got to be a baller. We've had some stuff on there for a couple of hundred bucks, but a couple of things on there for a couple of hundred thousand bucks. But uh, all the money goes to charity. And we're actually doing some stuff now for, funny enough, Bocelli in uh, Florence for later on this year. But we're also doing something for a really cool event uh, for James Cameron and some people in um, the Oscars in uh, Los Angeles in later February. So I don't want people to get clouded that I'm only a, a, a big ticket boy. If you've ever got a question or you ever just want to bounce an idea of creativity off me, reach out. I do try to answer. If your email is boring or dull, I'm not going to answer. So make me interested, and I'm engaged. Excellent. Thanks so much, Steve. Jordan, your star. Thank you. All right. Wow. Steve is a uh, the guy's a loaded gun. What can I say? I'm looking forward to meeting him in person soon. Coming up at Mastermind Talks, the guy is honestly just. I mean, you can see why he's able to cut through the fluff. I mean, fluff in him just uh, they're like oil and water. The communication skills that he's bringing to us also, I think, are really good. That authentic sort of communicate, shoot from the hip, write things by hand. Yes, it requires more work. No, it's really impossible to scale, but that's the point. He's got, well, the lowest end communication in a lot of ways for the highest end clients because he doesn't have to scale it. And I think that's really the key. A lot of good little lessons in there, some of which you need to read between the lines, but great. I love that stuff. Show feedback and guest suggestions. Guys, this is a fanarchy. It's run by you. We rely on you to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let us know, Jordan, at theartofcharm.com. And if you enjoyed this one, don't forget to thank Steve on Twitter. We're gonna link that as well as all his websites up in the show notes. And before I forget, we have a free New Year book. If you go to theartofcharm.com slash New Year, it's not resolutions. It's like real legitimate goal setting, real legitimate action points, what you should be looking at, what you can focus on, how you can get maximum results. It's free, by the way. Theartofcharm.com slash New Year. Go check it out, download it. It'll be around for the next couple of weeks slash months, depending on how overwhelmed we get here at AOC before we take it down. If you guys want more info on our boot camps, details on that, theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. And if you're listening to this, but you're not subscribed, that needs to change. Getting the show delivered to your phone is really the best way to make sure you don't miss anything. We've got subscribe instructions on the website. You can do that through iTunes or wherever you listen to shows. And we've got our iPhone and Android apps available at theartofcharm.com slash iPhone and slash Android as well. Guys, Thank you for listening. Thank you to the Jasons for their help in production of the Art of Charm podcast. And go ahead and tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us 
is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. So have a great week. Go out there and get social and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com.